Welcome to another episode of Classic Talks, where we subscribe to a next play mentality, engaging in crucial conversations, challenging each other to take our very next step, sharing common knowledge to improve common wealth, becoming a clearer version of ourselves so that we can embrace growth. We must accept the process so we can appreciate the outcome, one conversation at a time. I am Dr. Classic. Let's talk about it. What would Classic Talks be without someone to actually talk to? Allow me to intro my co-host. She is a wife, a mom, an artist, an author, and a business owner. She is beautiful in all of those hats. Jessica Johnson with the IO Youth Foundation. What's up? Hi, Jessica. I'm excited. We are on. (laughs) Girl, it's been a long time coming, but we are on. Classic Talks. What is classic talks? What are we talking about? Subscribing to the next play mentality. What does that even mean? Um, I am excited to have you here. I'm excited to uh, use you as our co-host for classic talks. Um, we have a lot of similarities and a, a lot of beautiful differences that is going to make um, this platform uh, reach a, a number of people, people that can subscribe to that next play mentality and hopefully invoke some action and, and see some change in their lives. So I'm really excited about having you here. Thank you for agreeing to co-host on Classic Talks and just looking forward to some really good talks. What you think? Yes, thank you for having me and thinking of me, of course. I am excited. Good, good. So let's just jump right into what Classic Talks is. So um, really, this is just a, a small brainchild that has turned into more of a let's invoke action. So as... I'm starting to understand how conversations have really connected people all around the world. Like I've had an opportunity to, as a teacher, as a coach, as a counselor, um, as an administrator in education, as a uh, physician coach in in healthcare, the reason why I feel like there is so much growth and and even success in my own pathway is because I've been able to um, utilize the power of conversation. Uh, having crucial conversations and being open to those conversations to hear things that, you know, people should hear. Like uh, I get into these modes of wanting to really have good conversation about things we should talk about. I'm almost at that place where I get irritated when when I'm sitting around talking about nothing for too long. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) So I I am excited about the chance just to connect people through conversation, but really talking about some, some stuff that's worth having a conversation about. Yeah, I'm excited for um, just to be able to have these conversations and be a little open minded to being able to hear about different views and um, just listening to some of the other ways that people um, think about things or other people's opinions or just ways I never thought about. So I'm excited to be a part of the conversation. Yeah. And, And you know what, too, besides just having a conversation like I'm excited about not having conversation where we're both on the same side of the coin. All the time, right? All the time. Like people want to talk to people that's going to say the same thing that's going to, they going to say, I don't feel like I learned like that. Right. And I feel like differences are exciting. It's really exciting to see somebody passionate about something that they think that I may not have necessarily thought about. Right. And it's growth in that. Um, One thing uh, that I have felt happens is we don't, think about differences in a way that can move us or promote us to, to doing something different. Like for sure. Um, I have conversations with a lot of youth and I know that you are owner of the IOU foundation and I want to give a opportunity for you to talk about that. 
But a lot of why I do this classic talk is going to be to one, market out to some of our youth, our younger youth, our young adults, um, all the way up to, I mean, if granny and grandpa want to get on and talk about something, listen, I want to, I want to hear from every generation. But when I think about youth, I'm thinking about the fact that when they hear the same things and they're, and they're doing this, the status quo and keeping up with their environmental peer pressure of <laughs> things like they don't understand that that is a very small circle of life and that to expand past that and really look for differences in people and connect with people who are not just like them is going to be where the value is. So I'm excited about for that sure. and bringing in the IO youth uh, lens of things. Talk to me a little bit about what IO youth is. Yes. So of course the IO youth foundation is a nonprofit organization where we support and assist the youth and young adults in workforce preparation. Um, in addition to that, one of the incentives that we have is an annual prom drive where we collect um, gently worn and brand new items for um, high school juniors and seniors potentially going to prom that may not be able to afford it. So we um, put together uh, an actual event every year for them to be able to get all of the necessities um, that they need for uh, the special day for prom as they, you know, get ready to move into life after, you know, high school. We know that can be difficult. So we want to send them off in um, the, the best way possible, knowing that they'll have a ton of expenses from senior fees to senior class trips and all of these things that they want, in addition to possibly paying $40 per application for college dorms and, you know, getting out here in the real world, we want to be able to assist them in the best way we can for special times like prom. Right. And you know what? I, one, let me say thank you because I don't remember having a, having a program like that around. And, and I could have been one of the seniors who just didn't look to the left and see that there was a program flyer that I should have looked into, but sure. I, don't, I don't remember people walking around and say, Hey, get involved in this. And there's a, a IOU foundation where you can get a dress so you can get a tux, you can get your haircut, you can get your hair done. The eyebrows did like, I don't right. remember any of that. So I'm sure um, that is a huge value add, especially to our youth in the community. So thank you very much for that. And I'll make sure to link uh, your information into our show so people can learn how to find you and learn a little bit more about you as well. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. No problem. So getting back to classic talks and, and having conversation, the first thing that I wanted to talk about really was having crucial conversation. Like it's a difference between me opening up and just having conversation about the world having conversation about uh, the president, having conversation about this election that's going on, having conversation about things that just people are talking about all across the world and social media. But when you think about crucial conversations, conversations that are challenging you to think and mm -hmm. to dial a little deeper, um, I, I would say that this is a good time to get into the movement of people wanting to be different. I, I, I always brag that I think millennials have come in and tried to change trajectory for social injustices and, um, you know, equality for women and men. And in this type of platform, Classic Talks, can do a number of things. And, and the one thing that I am excited about it doing is like, let's have crucial conversations about things that we don't traditionally talk about. And then let's learn mm -hmm. and grow from those conversations. Yeah. And I think one of the things that I love about the actual conversation you mentioned is the fact that you use the word crucial. And in addition to that, effective communication. Yeah. Yeah. Um, one thing that I want to, uh, think about when I think about the like the next play and how you just said effective communication is when people communicate, I, I'm not sure if they have a lens or understanding about what happens with those thoughts after they have done the communication. 
Um, mm-hmm. It's really about a mindset, right? So people wake up every day. I mean, January 1 is a good day to talk about when people wake up and they have New Year's resolutions and they have different goals. And I wonder how many people make a connection to say that this goal is not going to be accomplished if I don't change what I believe so that I can change my real actions to accomplish this goal. For sure. And, and, and when I say that, it's just more about a mindset. Like we have to take a step back and say that really our thoughts invoke our feelings. So when we sit with feelings for too long or we sit in a feeling or we have feelings about something, it's really how we're thinking about it. And then, then when we think about our thoughts, it's really what we believe about what we think about it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I want this platform to be one that we can have conversation that in, that lays a platform to say, Yes, you have a feeling. Yes, you have beliefs. But how do you use that in constructing your mindset to get it ready for where you're trying to go um, to, to try and make a next play? So it's a next play mentality, just meaning do something, get started. There is no perfect time to start a business. There is no perfect mm-hmm. time to quit your job and go to the next place in your life. There is no perfect time to, you know, parent better. There is no perfect time to do things that people wait for perfect times to do. Um, and they're just standing still and not making a play. For sure. And I think that a lot of people sometimes do try to make those those plans and those perfect times or um, whatever the case may be. But I don't think even with the planning, sometimes you're ever really ready to jump out there. So I don't you know, I think it's it's you have to be ready to make that next play. Yeah. You just have to do it. Just have to do it. Um, and, and you know what I run into with, with all genres, it doesn't have to be, um, you know, younger people, older people, uh, the first word that comes out of people's mouth and, and it could sound like, oh, money, time, um, mm-hmm. access, it's all about resource. Mm-hmm. There is so much that we can do with little resource. Um, if we think about what can be done with what we actually have, it opens us up to more, it opens us up to more resources um, if we put ourselves in environments that we usually don't go to, if we put ourselves in conversations that we usually don't have or put ourselves around people that we usually don't hang out with or, or sure. conversate with. Um, but resources can't be something that we get hung up on. And I want this platform to be something that people still can invoke action, even if they don't mm-hmm. feel like they have as much money as they need to get started or, or, or to move forward. Yeah, I think that's a great idea because I feel like, you may, I mean, just think about like our parents, they didn't have a number of resources, uh, right. you know, growing up and they still made a way for us. But now we, we live in a time where I feel like millennials and just in the times we've created a time where there's resources for everything. I mean, there's resources for um, effective communication, for healthier relationships and marriages and parenting classes and a ton of different things, you know, that you can use um, for your tools and your benefit that were never really used, you know, when we were growing up for our parents. Right. Right. Or, or just not having awareness that resources are out there. Are out there. Yeah. (laughs) Like, like money is being given away to a number of people if they can fill out an application or do a grant for sure, or show up somewhere or just apply themselves or apply in general. And Mm -hmm. when people say, Oh, I don't have money to do that. Or I can't really get started. I've seen people start with no money and they have not spent any of their money and and they're moving because they understand how to capitalize on resources because they've been made aware or they create awareness for themselves. I think think this would be an awesome platform to really talk through just what awareness will do for you. 
and how that'll work um, moving forward, whether you have resources or not. How do you look into your community? How do you look around at, you know, your peers, um, people and you're networking. trying to be like a network? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the One of the things that I wanted to talk about on this podcast is going to be you and I um, really invoking the fact that we have to challenge each other. You and I need to challenge each other, but that in order for us to get to our next level or our, our clearer version of ourself, um, we are going to have to challenge each other, but in a supportive way. Mm-hmm. Um, if it's something that you're working on or you're trying to get to a certain place, like, let me support that. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I hate talking to people. I don't support black businesses, right? I don't support bad businesses. I don't bad. care if it's it black don't what color. Exactly. Absolutely. <laughs> I don't care what color the owner is. If I feel like the service was terrible or what you told me I was supposed to get it and rock that way. Mm-hmm. I don't care what it is. I want to support people who are doing things that, that they should be doing when they say they're going to do something. So Absolutely. black or not, we should support black businesses in general. Mm-hmm. so that they have the support. Sometimes we, we we swing with that, like, oh, it's a black-owned business, so we're looking for every hole we can poke. And, mm-hmm. and maybe we should be thinking the opposite. Where can I fill holes? Where can I, where can I support and, and, and kind of get you to understand what else the business is seeing on the outside as a, as a customer? Um, but, but we or should talk about that. what you might need, you yes. know what I'm saying, as a business. Like, if I see that I have an area of expertise and I see my fellow, you know, person over here in business failing, you know, at a particular area that I think that I can help in, why not, you know, sometimes it's, it's okay to give that chance. But like you said, I don't, I try not to support, like, bad business, period, no matter what color it is. I will go out of my way not to support a business that has um, made me feel some type of way. Absolutely. And, and and through this challenge, you know, bad business, good business, um, we have to remember that we have, we, everybody has a start. I, I think mm-hmm. that businesses and corporations who have done really well for themselves, like they started just like us. They had an idea, mm-hmm. they wrote it on paper. Um, and we're going to talk about that, writing something down because it's a big difference. Um, but they had an idea, they wrote it down and now eventually they are these corporations and mm-hmm. we can do the same exact things. And I want to have a platform where people are talking about doing that kind of stuff, like talking about developing and, and creating dynasties, creating legacies for kids and for sure. opening up um, LLCs and putting kids on your account. So their credit is an 850 when they get ready to swing um, at mm-hmm. adulthood. But we need to learn those things. And I, and I think this is a good time to break into some of this conversation. Yeah. I mean, I think a lot of um, other ethnicities have been doing this for years like mm-hmm. you know building a certain type of wealth and um and things for their children i think that like you know like we talked about resources a lot of it wasn't there for us but now i feel like we are creating a level playing field for us to be able to build these types of things for our family yeah agree um one thing i mentioned uh, about uh writing down some things um it's been monumental for me to stop and pull out a piece of paper and just write my vision down on paper. Mm-hmm. Um, I, 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 you know, won't use this platform and talk a lot about just religion itself, uh, but um, I do feel like I get, you know, the unction or the urge sometimes to really put down my thoughts on the paper because they can become real when I can see them. I can see them in my mind, so it's a possibility already. But when I actually put it on this paper and start to draw out a plan and start to draw, you know, benchmarks and goals within that plan and what it could become, 
I'm, I'm 10 miles ahead of a number of people just doing that piece and trying to see it through <laughs> visioning and writing your ideas out, um, is a awesome technique to get started, to, to get excited about some things. Yeah. I mean, as you know, I'm a writer at heart, but mm-hmm. I can't say that I have, um, sat down and actually wrote a vision, um, you know, like anything for my goals. I think we talked about it before that my, my visions are just like my head and I know, you know, how to move, but I have not sat down and actually just written, you know, my, my visions and my plans out. But I hear that a lot. A lot of people say that, and I've been saying that I'm going to try it um, to just put some things in perspective and paper. I mean, I'm a goaler, so I write down like goals and tips and scheduling and things like that, but I have not sat down and literally drawn out or written out, um, like a vision. Okay. Okay. And and I'm gonna challenge you to do that too. And and sometimes when we think, um, I'm going to sit down and I write out my vision, you write out exactly what you see in your head at the moment. Sometimes it's more Mm -hmm. or less about, writing out what something will become like have you ever wrote out if you have arrived if the IOU foundation has arrived at its final state and it's done everything it could do what would it mm. look like in that state if you put that on paper for yourself because of course it, it should evolve um it may yeah. change but just being able to look at that and know that you are connected and could can accomplish that it's yeah. just it's a huge mental thing for people and, and I appreciate that that task that the activity um, because it challenges me to say, like, get yourself there. What's the next step mm-hmm. to getting there? Yeah, I think I'm in my own head so much. It make like sometimes it just gives me anxiety or makes me terrified thinking about it. Or, and I just have not thought too, too far ahead. Right, right. I know where the next couple years and what I want it to look like and what I want the measurable outcomes to look like and things like that. But yeah. I I have been uncertain about what the end all be all looks like. Absolutely. And it's crazy that you said I've been terrified because so fear has killed more dreams (laughs) than failure ever had a chance to. Right. Fear is the fear is the head hunter. That's the like, okay, I'm going to find me a victim today. I know she afraid. And you know, Uh, what's crazy. (laughs) I, I know I know that I've done that to myself. I have talked myself out of a ton of things, yes. feeling a way about it, and you know, like fear, anxiety, or whatever it is for it to happen and be like, man, I, you know, I could have done that. I almost just did that like a couple weeks ago. And now that I actually stuck to a particular um, situation that I almost talked myself out of, mm-hmm. it has become a, a huge opportunity and a very, very like, an awesome blessing yeah. that I would have missed out on just because I was like, no, nah, I'm not even going to do that. Like, I'm not going to do it. Um, it's not going to, I don't think it's going to work. And da-da-da. you know, just, right, just right. making things up on my own. And then I said, forget it. I'm going to just do it. What's the, you know, right. I'm the first person to always be like, Oh, well, they can only say yes or no. But then I'll turn around and be like, well, they probably gonna say no, forget it. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> And, and you know, it's crazy. And I, I see this, um, I go to my IT department when I'm at work sometimes and uh, they have this poster on the wall. And the end, the last sentence is, if you never move forward, you, you'll just be standing still. 
Mm-hmm. And I always look at that and I always want to roll my eyes because I'll get into that place where I don't do anything to move forward. I'm so fearful. And then I look around and mm-hmm. I'm pissed because I'm just still standing still. Like, yeah, if you don't even try, you're going to be still in the same exact place. So if, if you're not satisfied yet, because I'm not, I mean, regardless of any successes I've experienced, I want to experience sure. more. I want to get to another place. Um, mm-hmm. But I couldn't imagine wasting my time so much that I looked up and I'm like, dang, I'm still standing still. I'm still standing, no action involved, no uh, applicable, yeah. nothing. That is nothing. That Now that it's terrifies crazy. me too. Yeah. It does, but it's just like, I just, I am just not the best risk taker. Okay. 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 And it sucks sometimes, but. <laughs> no, I. You know what? Like. That must be, and I don't know how we become risk takers or not, because I do have friends that um, they take risks and I'm like, what? No, I need to have yeah. a steady income coming in. For sure. I don't want to kill what I eat. Uh, I trust Listen. that if I have a bad day at work, I'm still going to get paid when it's time to get exactly. paid. <laughs> and I feel like it's the mom in me. Mm, yes. You know what I mean? Like I've been a mother for a long time and it's like it's so different when it's just you and you like okay well I can risk this I can sleep in my car real quick or I can sleep on a friend's couch for a second but I'm not that type of risk taker like right right I got I have I have a bunch of kids we just can't right <laughs> and you got to learn that about yourself uh, I I I tr- strongly believe that people are um people who are honest with themselves and mm-hmm. honest about what what their capacity holds and and we're going to talk a little bit about capacity on the show, but what, what their capacity holds, they probably are better off when they get started on projects. Mm -hmm. Um, People like, and I always talk about making goals and resolutions, but people make these goals that they didn't, they don't like the task itself. So to make some ambitious goal, like we can use our, you know, general American rule of thumb, I'm going to get a gym membership and go to the gym every day. Then we look up and, you know, any gym that you got, $19.99 coming out of your account every month and you ain't seen it inside of a gym. But we can't take our capacity and add more to it without realizing where we're spending the time and the capacity in the first place. Like we have right. to be able to look at our day because we in, in hindsight, and we don't know when our last moment on earth is, but we know what our schedule looks like. If, if we right. really took time to iron out our schedule, there is a lot of time in our day. Definitely. <laughs> we do all kind of stuff with it, just not the stuff we should be doing with it. Just the stuff we want to do with it. The stuff we want to do with it, right? Um, which goes back to like those beliefs and actions. Like if we believe that we should be working and and scheduling our days to get things in that can be crossed off our to-do list, yeah. um, we probably would make an effort to do that if we believe that that is what we should be doing. But if we believe we don't have time, guess what? We don't have time. Right. But I seen you on Facebook today. I seen you on Snap today. I seen you on Instagram today. I seen you Mm -hmm. kicking it at the mall today because your picture that you uploaded, you were chilling. Like that's all something that we have to take into accountability um, for who we are in our capacity. So it's not that we don't have time. Do we want to use the time for what it is that we need to do? Exactly. I mean, because some of the stuff is just not in my heart to do. I know I need to be doing it. Right. Right. <laughs> it's working right. out. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. I haven't been since Sunday, but I'm hoping that I'll, you know I get there eventually. <laughs> I'll, I'll get there. I'll get there. I mean, I worked out a little bit today at the trampoline park, but other right. than that, right, I'll get there. You'll get there. 
Um, part of what classic talks is, is to get us to a place where we become clear versions of ourselves. So let me give you like a three second blurb about clear versions of ourselves. I don't believe necessarily, um, and you challenge me on this belief that people necessarily change. There are some moments that, you know, people change course, change tracks, do different things in their life. But I, I believe they do that because they become a clearer version of their self. They get to a level of understanding about their self and mm-hmm. it invokes different beliefs and actions um, that make people think, oh, they changed. That's mm-hmm. my belief on it. So one, how do you feel about that? Let me stop there before I keep going. Um, I believe that you need to be intentional about the evolution of yourself. So I don't necessarily think that people change either. Like you said, um, I just think that they've decided and they notice that some things they want to change and they want to evolve and make them make themselves better. Mm -hmm. I mean, I don't think you can ultimately really change the characteristic or personality of an actual person. I just think they're, um, they're, they're ambitions may change their um you know their dreams may evolve or something like that but the actual characteristic of a person i'm not sure that i think that actually changes right like let me give you an example so you said characteristic that's a good way to lean into this so a characteristic that everybody will say that they hate like i hate liars right i don't like when people lie to Mm -hmm. me whether they a liar too or not they just hate liars right for sure yeah so liar being a liar or lying is a characteristic for people right Mm -hmm. i do think that people get to a place where like you said there is an evolution or there's a there's a, a clear understanding um, that, you know, what lying is hurting people. Lying is not mm-hmm. getting uh, me the results that I'm looking for. And eventually the true me shows up. So I'm, no matter how much I lie, I end up in these same places. Yeah. I do think people think that way eventually. And then they stop lying because there is a belief that lying is hindering versus lying is aiding me or getting me to the place I was lying to go in the first place. For sure. For so, sure. So I, I do think that characteristics can amend or be changed or like, um, I do think that you can see them in a way that you either use them for good or or not. You use the word intentional. I have had to have the biggest talk with myself and, and really look in the mirror and say, why, what are your intentions? If your mm. intention is not good, man, listen, that is, a, that's one of those things where intentions to me are about what version of yourself you're on. When you can grow out of having intentions just to really benefit your own self or having intentions Mm -hmm. that don't really match up why you're doing something, this world would be a 10 time, I mean, this would be just a better place in general, but you have to be intentional. Like you you gotta be intentional about who you are and what's your impact? What, what, What mark are you trying to leave? For sure. I agree. Yeah. I had a, I had a talk with my daughter, um, my daughter, she just got in trouble and she's like a super good kid, but you know, she just life. She is in mm-hmm. fifth grade and, um, they have this, you know, how some of our elementaries are where they're also combined to middle schools, which I didn't really care for the thought, but the school was pretty good and mm-hmm. I wanted her to be a part of the, the community there, but she has so much access being an athlete or playing basketball sent after school to the sixth, seventh and eighth graders. And I'm like, hey, yeah, okay. Um, and she's been doing some things that I'm like, where did you get, where, where did you get that from? Or why are you talking about that? Or like just mm. things that are just left field. Um, but when we, cause we sit down and we talk a lot. So when she finally like opened up to me and talked to me about it, 
it's it's one of those things where she was more or less like I'm trying to I'm trying she was saying it in so many words but I'm trying to learn who I am to see what I want to do mm-hmm. and if kids can maneuver through some of that I, I'm I'm just hopeful that we as a people can maneuver through I'm trying to see who I am and figure out who I want to be because I, I do mm-hmm. think that people want the greater good for other people eventually if they can yeah. understand that they don't have to lose for somebody else to win for sure I thought about the lose win concept for a long time. I had to like lose that for myself personally. Like I was, you know, as an athlete, I'm thinking, you know, there's always a winner and and on the other end, there's always a loser. So Mm -hmm. if you take that concept into life and you don't use it right, you don't apply it well, you will think that in order when the days that you win, somebody else lost or the days that you lost, somebody else won or in order for me to win, you got to lose. And right. that's not the case. That's not been the case. Um, we can get there together. We can get there on the, on the same team. We can get there on separate teams if we have good intentions behind what it is that we want to do. For sure. I truly believe that. Um, I'm not even sure where I got that from, where I got that from. I was not like athletic or anything like that. So I never had the like win, lose or competitive type of spirit. Right. Um, but I was always for everybody. Mm-hmm. I think that was um, a big deal for me when I was younger okay. and the perception of other people um, and me being that way kind of, tr- I, I don't know, it made people feel, I guess, a way toward me, but I've always been like, I'm here for everybody. That's cool. Like you just have it innately. Yeah. I think yeah. it's just a thing. Um, I feel like I know where it came from. hmm actually now that i you know think about it i you know my my siblings we were all like separated right so i was always the one who wanted like um people around me yeah you know so i think you know i was just always open to meeting people and wanting people to do well um and just win as a collective yeah super cool because i don't know um if we met each other earlier um, what would be our outcome with me not understanding yeah. that there's a whiz, win lose mentality? Um, I, I read this book, Givers. They're givers and takers, and they're also matchers. Um, the world needs them all, but when you are mm-hmm. a taker, um, you don't really like pause for the giver. So if you were in the situation of giver and you just want everybody to win, um, how long can you keep that spirit when you just dealing with takers all the time, which when we think about intentions, somebody is just trying to make sure that they get to what they're trying to get to. You know, I'm, I'm actually still battling that part of myself. Like I am okay with being a taker, yeah. obviously, because I have a nonprofit and then that's just, you know, one of the ways I'm able to service, um, my, my members, you right. know, my youth. So that's, you know, when it comes to that, that's easy for me. Yeah. Um, but I've always been um, more of a giver. Yeah. So, and that's one of the things that I still struggle with to this day. Yeah. Um, I, w- I would consider myself a matcher for sure. Uh, but I just got to the point where it depends on the situation where I'm just a matcher. Usually mm-hmm. I was given so much. I wasn't realizing that I wasn't pouring back into myself. Mm-hmm. So you look up and you've given all you can give. You actually on over, over withdraw, and you know how that look in a bank account. Like you ain't sure. got no more money to give. Yeah. 
<laughs> and you and you look up and, and and you don't feel good about yourself you looking around and you're mad at people and you are angry about things and I had to mm-hmm. try and figure out like what was the big deal like you can't give so much that you forget about you and you can't take so much that somebody else has run over um, mm-hmm. and I just hope people really find a balance on that but that's that's something that's conversational that we should be talking about and how you maneuver through life. Um, and, yeah. and I, I'm just blessed to be a parent because I get to have those real life conversations with a, a much younger person, um, yeah. to really see, like, to really one, allow them to have a platform to share with me. Cause I, I don't feel like I necessarily had a platform to share my feelings. I don't remember people exactly. walking around like, how you feel and what you want to do and what you think, like that never happened. But given my daughter, that platform has made me understand that, there are so many different lenses to how life works and Mm -hmm. you need to maneuver in a way that you can survive, but you need to maneuver in a way that you're giving back to a quality of life. Like you are making Mm -hmm. someone else's life better and someone else's day bright. Um, and your light is shining and you're doing what you need to do for you. For sure. And I like that you said that about your daughter, because that's one of the things that I try to do with um, my children too, because I don't know if your household was the same, but I feel like in our age group and older, we grew up in a time where um, we, I, w- I don't want to say we weren't allowed to have feelings, right? Um, but it was kind of like what I say goes as a parent and then you don't really get to um, express yourself. That's kind of how I remember it. <laughs> That's yeah. exactly how I remember. Yeah. So it was kind of like you're gonna do this, and you're not gonna say nothing back. And it's kind of like, well, what do I do with all of this inner stuff that I have that I can't really get out? You know what I mean? Whether it's a curse word, whether it's me trying to defend myself, or me trying to tell you, like we didn't have those times. But you know, I try to. Um, be able to lead that open line of communication with my children. So they're able to be like, yeah, well, I'm feeling like this today. And actually be like, what happened? Or what did you go through? And giving them a chance, like if the teacher calls home, like what happened? I'm not just jumping right on the teacher side. Like, Hey, you know, right. So I think that's important. That's a good point. I, I I remember it exactly how you remember it. Um, (laughs) I didn't really have a say (laughs) and Mm -hmm. it is what it is, but Kids are different. You were always the child. You were always a child. You could be 50 years old. You're the you're the child. Like the child. (laughs) Like I feel grown. I feel like I'm paying somebody bills, but you know, nonetheless. But it it is a real thing. And and we do need to give youth a platform to talk. Um, we have Mm -hmm. had so many generational norms that have made us not be able to really understand. Uh, that we can change how we do things. We can have much more uh, loving relationships, healthy relationships, effective Mm -hmm. relationships. I want to get to a point where I can be my daughter's friend. I'm not my daughter's friend now, but when she's grown, right, right. (laughs) When she's grown, I want to be her friend one day. I want to be able to hear the adult side of things and she's prepared as much as possible for her because you can never be Mm -hmm. prepared for the life. But I don't want her to go in blindsided and have to dig out of so many holes I had to dig myself out of. Um, if I, I can agree. empower her, like, no, let's talk, <laughs> let's I learn. Totally agree. <laughs> let's do some things together. Um, I totally agree. Of course you want your kids to respect you, but I don't ever want them to be so fearful that they can't call me in a situation that may be life threatening. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. Um, I, that, so that, that can be a conversation itself. I think it's times where we should 
uh, have talks with moms and dads on this show just to say like, this is how we talk to youth and this is how we get them involved and how is it helping your life? How is it influencing your household? Um, I come with so many different viewpoints uh, of things just based off of how my family raised me and, and I grew up and then going into these, these different diverse communities and schools and it's like everybody's lifestyle seems foreign. Like that didn't happen in my house. Um, but then you start to to deep dive as you have good conversation and you realize like, man, that is exactly how I was feeling or that's exactly what occurred when this situation happened with my mom and my dad. We have so many similarities. We just can't see the similarities past mm -hmm. the differences that we perceive to be there. So I hope this will this platform will open up conversations for people to understand the value of conversation. For sure. Yeah, the, the last thing uh, that I want to mention um, before we close out is just uh, accepting the process so we can appreciate the outcome. I don't know um, how you feel about it. And we can go with, you know, something common, com something common in 2020 scrolling. I, I really have an issue with scrolling for when I think of youth and how they perceive the world to be. And then when I think of the people that post, like, it's cool to celebrate outcomes. I think that mm -hmm. we should celebrate outcomes every time we have a goal met and every time we have really strived to, to accomplish something that was big, celebrate that big or little, it doesn't have to be the hugest thing, but we should take time, more time to celebrate versus just rushing to the outcome. But I would like to spend more time on what was the process? What yeah. actually happened in this process that got the outcome? So many kids think, so many adults think, so many, me, sometimes I have anxiety about social media because I scroll and see like the outcome that people have allowed us to see. And you start to second guess like your process. And, and really, sure. we should be talking about the process. What, what did you just do? Right, right. I think that's very important because obviously people don't post. I mean- I about their struggles sometimes like some things are just extremely personal and you don't actually post what you've been through and how you got through it you just end up posting the fact that you got out of it right. and I think people tend to look through that they don't necessarily see the the actual journey and one of the things I like to say is be careful what or whose life you are jealous of or that you yes. wish for you don't know what they went through to get to a certain place you, you know what I mean so yeah. i I just, I agree with you on the social media thing. I think people just look at it and they're like, yeah, such and such did this and this and that. But you don't know, like there's some rappers and singers and actresses and things like that who you think just came out of the woodwork, but they've been working for 20 years behind the scenes and you never knew it. Man, we just lost an icon. Like Kobe Bryant was an icon. The funny thing is I wasn't a... Uh, fan of him but in, in within the realm of athletics like you you didn't like Kobe because your favorite player wasn't Kobe and Kobe might have been about to shred your favorite player and a team like, right you don't want Kobe on the other side and that's why you don't like him but you right. respect the mentality you respect the mama mentality that he has because Kobe was in the gym Kobe was working Kobe was inspiring and impacting people men women youth dads kids um and, and we have to be mindful that People don't show up Kobe Bryant. People work exactly. to be Kobe Bryant. 
And if we don't talk about that process and what that work looks like, if we don't have enough open forums to say that this is a, this is a process, you have to take it step by step day by day. And there are going to be some failures and some chaos and things are going to go left and you're going to be humbled. I mean, brought to your knees, but Mm -hmm. there is an outcome on the other side of it. That looks like Kobe Bryant. It looks like a legacy. It looks like somebody who, understood that there was work to be done and and they had a mission and they accomplished it. Yeah, I agree. I'm one of the people I kind of believe that not all of your um, failures and or achievements only belong to you. Yeah. I think there's a greater good in expressing sometimes what you've gone through to other people. You just never know how many people you'll you know, you'll touch, especially if you're a person that you found yourself extremely blessed in a particular area that a lot of people are struggling with. I think it's um, very beneficial and amazing to see people share those types of experiences, depending on what those are for people. I think that sometimes people are just extremely embarrassed to share certain things. Mm -hmm. But, you know, if you get through it and you're working through it, sometimes people just want to know how you did that. Right. How you got it done. And we Mm -hmm. should make it we should make it safe for people to really get that out. Mm -hmm. Like we don't need to know details. We don't need to Mm -hmm. know. um, There are nights where, listen, if I got to cry myself to sleep because I've I've just been through it. We don't want to get up and post. I've been crying all night because then it's what's happened? Where you at? I love you. Call me like you're not looking for the attention. Yeah. Yeah. But if it's one of those things where it's a tough time and you got through that and you got through it by doing x y and z i really want to hear about x y and z like i want to connect with you and know that i'm human too and Mm -hmm. somebody else is going through what i'm going through right i think that's all people want to know is that you're human too and it's like you know you're relatable yeah people just want somebody who's relatable yeah excellent excellent talk i want to do a quick audience call uh for engagement before we get out of here um this is the first episode of classic talks Um, And we want to talk to an audience that have dreams, that have ambition, uh, that have a purpose, whatever the passion is that they have it and they're trying to follow it. It could sound cliche, uh, but this is the prerequisite to understanding how your current environment might be creating an opportunity or killing momentum for you. Like how things that you're involved with may change the trajectory of your life. Um, Listeners that are done with thinking small, like they want to think big and get to their very next level, their very next step, Uh, changing places that you hang out frequent, trying new things, creating different experiences. It exposes you to opportunity. And we want that type of audience, audiences that want to get involved, um, have some action and really make a play. This is the next play mentality that we're subscribing to here. And that's the type of audience that we're looking for. So we've had an opportunity to talk a little bit about classic talks, a culture where we subscribe to a next play mentality. Ask yourself, what is the very next step you can take until next time? I am with Jessica Johnson. I am Dr. Classic, and this is classic talks. Let's talk about it.